1: Uh, mid-morning Roxy Soxy. Good.
2: Almost my bedtime, Tannen. Almost your
1: bedtime. You suck. I wish it was my (laughs) bedtime because I feel like I'm only able to be happy when the kids are asleep and it's bedtime.
2: (laughs) There's something about that jewel of an hour after they go to sleep, but before you go to sleep where it's like quiet in the house and maybe there's Netflix on and maybe not like, I know. but just the quiet is like enough.
1: But I feel like, don't you just like sit there and then do like, you think you're going to have this amazing night, right? You think you're going to watch this great movie. And it's like, just like another, the godfather of Pulp Fiction, you'll just find something on Netflix. It will be so good. And then you'll sit there and you're like, hey, think about life. It'll be so great. But don't you just end up just sitting there and like flicking on your phone or Instagram yeah. and then like turning on something like really crappy on Netflix and just be like, <laughs> what is this? I feel like Netflix, I love them, but they make, like, when they make their own movies, they're so bad.
2: (laughs) Totally! Oh my God, that happens so much. And then you're right. You start flicking the social media. Tell me if you do this too. Oftentimes when I'm flicking through the Netflix menu, I get stuck on the menu and then I never commit to anything.
1: Oh my God. My husband and I literally every Friday night, we're like, we're going to watch a movie. We spend an hour flicking through everything and then we fucking give up. And then we just like, he's asleep. And then I'm mad that he's asleep and we didn't have sex. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, just uh, watch literally every trailer of bad Netflix films. Like literally that is my entire night. That is my evening.
2: (laughs) Totally. It like takes up the entire time. And you're like, I didn't see anything. Maybe you didn't even get too much content. It's too much content. And by
1: the time my husband is asleep, I don't know. I don't know if David falls asleep like really easily, but my husband will sit there and he'll have the remote freaking control in his hand. He'll be like, I'm not tired. And I know when he starts scratching his head, (gasps) like I get so anxious and angry at him and I know I need to like be like you know what the poor guy is tired he's up with the kids early like he lets me sleep in an extra hour I should be super empathetic but I'm not I know the minute his hand gets to scratching his head I'm like oh my god it's 20 minutes and he's gonna fall asleep and he'll be like I'm not tired and they get mad I'll be like I know you're tired he will be like I'm not tired and then within 10 seconds he's got the remote control and he's like asleep with the remote control in his hand <laughs>
2: You're like once that head scratching starts, we know. Oh, I know,
1: and I do the whole like I keep looking at him. I keep looking at him. I'm like, Are you watching? Are you watching? Are you watching? Do you do that?
2: So confession time. I'm the one that falls asleep because here I would
1: never be able to be married to you. You and my husband should be married. Seriously, the two of you can just be like the lame people who are like literally asleep in front of the Netflix. Totally,
2: and like we've already, my husband and I have already like argued about what we're gonna watch. Like I'm like, No, we're gonna watch this, and he's like, We must. And he's like, Fine, and then you're. like (sighs) exactly and he's stuck with some rom-com whereas like he just wanted to watch like (laughs) the latest like rock movie or something
1: well david and i are gonna like (laughs) hang out and watch movies and you and sean could just be laying asleep so
2: Sounds like a plan. I'm in. I'm in. Well, our
1: next guest is not, I I mean, I don't know, maybe he just had a baby. So his wife just had a baby. So like, maybe he is falling asleep, watching rom-coms. I don't really know, but we have an amazing guest. Uh, We just did his podcast and now he's come on our podcast. So I would love to continue the conversation. So who do we have up next Roxy Soxy?
2: Well, I am so excited. And I know you will be too, because we have a multi-hyphenate brand builder on our show, who's got this amazing journey to share with us. He is the CEO of True Life Ventures, which is a Mm -hmm. consulting company. But within that, I mean, he's doing so much. He's a podcast host. He's an author. He's a motivational speaker. He's a life coach. And I have a feeling he's going to leave us with some really amazing advice today. So welcome Mike Ashabi.
3: Thank you guys for having me. The
1: sign looks very straight behind your head.
3: Yes, yes. All right, don't call me out. You guys know we were struggling to make it straight.
1: (laughs) No, it looks good now. It definitely looks good. I'm always like, I don't know what's behind me. There might be a (laughs) diaper and a naked child. So we will see how this goes.
2: (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So Mike, give us a little insight. I know we, we talked a lot, um, about women empowerment and some really cool topics on your show, but just Mm -hmm. so our listeners know, kind of, can you kind of tell them about how you got started, um, creating this amazing company, true life ventures and becoming like a life coach.
3: So it's actually interesting because, uh, the whole personal growth and development industry, I thought it was complete garbage before I got into it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, I got into it when I needed it myself. Right. So a lot of people, we're, we're all going through different experiences and, you know, we never really think that we're going to hit a certain point in our lives. And about six years ago, I got to a point where I did want to commit suicide. Mm, and it wasn't until I heard the, you know, I was going through some issues with my ex, uh, you know, I was constantly, you know, pouring out for her, doing everything for her, but nothing for myself, right, Mm -hmm. and at that point, you know, she was doing things left and right, you know, cheating, you know, I never really had the proof, but when you know, you know, you know what I mean, Mm -hmm. but it got to a point where it was, you know, almost two years of all this stuff going on, and I just kept brushing it under the rug, And it got really to a point where for a full month straight towards the end of our relationship, I completely disengaged from my family, my friends, Mm -hmm. you know, stopped skateboarding. I was a huge skater back in the day, snowboarder. And I got super, super depressed where I didn't leave my apartment for a month straight. I would just Mm -hmm. sit there, you know, smoking weed, listening to music from the minute I woke up to the minute I went to sleep. Mm -hmm. And at that point, I thought I found something in the music, you know, there was like little, little pieces from different songs that I was putting like the words together. I was like, wait, is somebody talking to me? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I started going crazy and it got to a point where I was telling her everything. And, you know, I'm not going to lie. I probably did go crazy. It was, you know, I was analyzing word for word on every song that I was uh, listening to. Mm -hmm. And it got to a point where, you know, I kind of disregarded what she was doing. And then the day before, this whole big event happened. Mm. I realized that she was doing something with another guy you know through text or whatever mm-hmm. and I basically started calling her out on every single thing that she's ever done in our relationship and she started crying like i would never seen her cry before so she wanted to leave my apartment but we were living together right mm-hmm. so I didn't feel comfortable with her leaving because three months ago uh, three months prior to all this mm-hmm. happening you know I found fresh cuts on her wrist. And I didn't want her to leave and go hurt herself or anything like that. So I called her mom, you know, her mom picks up I'm telling her what's going on. And, you know, she grabbed the phone out of my hand, left the apartment. And then at that point, I still didn't feel comfortable because I know she was lying left and right to her parents. So I called the cops. When I called the cops, they got there and she told her, told them that I wouldn't let her leave for 30 minutes straight. So I got arrested with unlawful <gasps> restraint wow, and spent a night goodness. in jail. Mm-hmm. Now, everything got dropped in court. But her family put a restraining order on me for eight and a half months. And at this point, I was a college dropout, unemployed, smoking pot every single day, doing drugs. And it was, you know, for a month after all this happened, you know, I really was contemplating, you know, got to a point where I was very close to committing suicide Mm -hmm. until I actually heard the words of Eminem, where he said, now I could have either sat on my ass and pissed and moan or take the situation in which I'm in and get up and get my own. Mm -hmm. And I think that was really the start of my personal growth and development journey, because I started listening to other people and I started relating to their stories and seeing where they, they went after, you know, they hit a uh, hit rock bottom mm-hmm. and it really inspired me to want to be a voice for somebody else in a similar situation. So that's kind of really, uh, the, 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 the start of it all.
2: Mm.
3: Yeah.
1: Because I feel like we, not everyone gets as low as that, right. I've definitely hit my lowest points in parts of, in times of my life. And then I do believe we have free will. And it's at that point when we hit our rock bottom to us, so what we feel like is our lowest, which actually was, I've hit a few lows. Like I had a severe eating disorder when I was younger. Also when I had the miscarriages, I hit lows at those times in my life. You get up one day and you go, I can either stay in this perpetual cycle Mm. or I can do something and I can change Mm. and change like we were talking about in your podcast is really effing hard and it doesn't feel good and it's uncomfortable but i truly believe that the only way to real growth is to walk into that dark place and walk into that discord uncomfortable situation to like try to figure out your triggers and your trauma because the other isn't keeping you safe, staying at home. We think it is like I have anxiety, right? So sometimes I'm like, Oh, if I don't go out, I'll feel less anxious. Mm. Well, it doesn't really help anything. I just kind of feel anxious at home. Like it's not doing anything. So it's like you make that decision and I feel like you hit your rock bottom and you made that decision. And I know a lot of people who listen to this cause they DM me a lot about it. They feel stuck. Mm. And they feel like they're in the position that you were in. I get a lot of and I get very overwhelmed by this because people go like, I don't want to live anymore. What should I do? And I go, well, firstly, go see something like don't ask me. I'm just a person. I'm just an actor who loves you. And I, I don't know. I don't know how to give you the tools, but you do. This is what you've based your rest a lot of your life on. So what do you say to someone who's like in that position, who's stuck, who, yes, it's easy for me to say, like, it's either A or B, do something about it or stay stuck, but what are some like practical tools that people can actually use to help them get unstuck?
3: You know, I, I really think it comes comes down to disengaging, you know, realizing that, you know, the world's not happening to you, it's happening for you, right? Exactly. It's a shift in mm-hmm. perspective. And that's mm-hmm. something that Tony Robbins talks about all the time, uh, but ultimately, It's a lot easier said than done. I think that disengaging and realizing that, you know, that dark, excuse my language, shit that you think you can, you can
1: say anything you want on this show.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, that quote unquote, dark shit is really the light, right? Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, you have to realize what you go through is your gift really to overcome obstacles and become the greatest version of yourself. And I think it's shifting that perspective and, you know, constantly telling yourself that, you know, it's not happening to me, it's happening for me to really grow through adversity and grow into my greatest version. And, Mm -hmm. you know, something that uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Evan Carmichael, are you? Mm -mm. So he's another, you know, great entrepreneur, he does a lot of uh, blogs on various uh, top entrepreneurs and their mindsets. And you know, I was on the phone with him one night, and he told me this very powerful quote that changed my life. Mm -hmm. And he told me your ruin is your gift to give back to the world. And what he means by that is- Can you say what, that one more time? Your ruin is your gift to get back to the world. So what that means is what ruins you and puts you in your all-time low and you get through it is your gift to go seek out other individuals going through a similar situation and help them mm. get through it, right? Mm. And I think that during those times, you know, that you're going through that tremendous amount of adversity is really that opportunity to realize that, look, your mess is your message. We all have a story. But your message your message.
1: You, I love that. Sorry, keep going. I love that. Good, that's my new I mean, tattoo. <laughs> my message is my message. See, Roxy, that's why I'm such a fuck up. Okay, my message is my message. <laughs> Sorry, keep going. Really, look, I mean,
3: like at the end of the day, we all have a story, and really owning your path and you know the the adversity that you go through, you know all your trials and tribulations is really what's going to make you into the person that you're 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 meant to be, and realizing that it's happening for you to grow you know, shifting that perspective is really what's going to help you embrace your true self and bring your truth to the world.
2: You know, I think it's really interesting too, because you're like, you're saying, we all have something that's happened to us or we've all gone through bad times. So it's, a, and there, there are others out there that are going through the same thing. So I think I agree, like to share your story is so valuable. Um, The good, the bad, and the ugly. But I wanted to ask you about something you said on the podcast when we came on the show. You said that the first three hours when you wake up, you don't look at social media. You don't look at your phone. Um, And I'm just wondering, what do you do in those three hours? Are are you like- Well, now he just has a
1: kid. So I'm sure he's gonna be changing a lot of dirty diapers. (laughs) Shitty
2: diapers.
3: I mean, right now, definitely changing diapers. Right now, I'll I'll give you that. I mean, so it was a little bit different a couple months ago, about five months ago uh, when I first, you know, so I I just opened up a new in-house office, right? Mm-hmm. So I was transitioning from remote to in-house mm-hmm. and, you know, there's been a lot of obstacles that I'm facing there, you know, building the team and everything like that. So it's a little bit different now. Prior to me opening up the office, I used to be at the gym. Now I'm losing mm-hmm. it. Now. I'm literally back to being a trick, <laughs> right? So it's something i actually took from david goggins i'm not sure if you're familiar with him mm-hmm. but i would go to the gym and you know not listen to music or anything like that because all everything that we're consuming actually has a major influence on you know our thoughts and mm-hmm. our perspective so it was me and my mind only mm-hmm. so what i was doing there was really disengaging from the, all the external noise really to identify what was valid like valid to me and what mm-hmm. was invalid based off of the external influence so it kind of brought clarity mm-hmm. to me to bring more confidence that what I'm thinking about is really my own thoughts. And I think that that's a huge factor, especially in the morning when mm-hmm. you can disengage and really validate that your thoughts are your thoughts
2: mm-hmm. and not
3: influenced by external influence.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: I think that's a huge game to really being more on top of your game and really mm-hmm. knowing how to maneuver, you know, in the world. It, so do you true, like
2: think I- you can? It, do you think you can do that? Can you disengage, not, not look at your phone for three hours when you wake up? Well, you can't start not off in, there.
1: Not in Australia because <laughs> honestly, like, again, I told you Roxy, like I wake up and it's your middle, like your end of yeah. your day. So I have like 35 emails. I honestly get up. And the first thing I do is turn on my phone and respond to people on email because I know I'm already so far behind the eight ball with that. Yeah. Um, I don't think I could do 3 hours at all. Um I just don't. But well, I do think challenge. that I do think that I would like to get up earlier but I hate getting I get <laughs> 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 I would like to get up at like I get up at like 6:45. I'd probably like to get up at 5:45, but I do believe in sleep and sleep really helps my anxiety and I can't Function. I know myself, right? It's like checking in. We were talking about this on your podcast. Like you have to know yourself to know like what's going to make it work for you. And for me, if I don't sleep, I'm not able to perform. I'm not able to do my podcast. I mean, I can, but not to the best of my ability. I can't Mm -hmm. think straight. I get anxious. So I have to sleep. And the problem is when you work so hard, like when you're an entrepreneur and you're constantly Mm -hmm. like creating things and creating content and getting back to people, you're your own business. So Mm -hmm. I really work like last night I worked until 1245 at night. And then my husband let me sleep until 6.45, which is like very nice of him because he has to get up earlier with the kids. But, you know, I don't like any less sleep for me. I don't think is going to help me ultimately for the goals I want to achieve. Mm -hmm. So, you know, but I do believe in, in getting up and having a better mindset when it comes Mm -hmm. to getting up. And I have changed when it comes to like, I wake up and I say, today's going to be an amazing fucking day. I say every day. Now I say today, I'm going to get opportunities. I'm going to make great money. It's like, I literally say that every single day it's now become a habit and my life is completely changing because of that habit but I do believe that there are more habits that I could have in my Mm. life that would better the first half of my day I do go straight to the gym but I think that there's like meditation breathing Mm. exercises like having a nice breakfast maybe with the family I don't know how realistic it is but like some nice oatmeal or whatever it is it's kind of like everything's always rushed everyone's stressed I'm always irritable like, it's just, it's a hard thing to get that morning routine down in a positive way.
3: Can I, can I jump in for a second? Please. So I think that the anxiety comes from your perspective, right? You're saying I have to do this. I have to be, you know, you know, I have to be responding to all these emails. I have to go ahead and do this. But then
1: but they, they say, go. where like literally I was on this and there's a text that says like, why haven't you responded? I don't like, ah, Well,
3: I'm, I'm going to give you something, <laughs> ready? I'm going to give you something. First of all, if you're not taking the time for yourself to be at the peak state of mind, you're not going to be able to be present and fully I agree. contribute mm-hmm. at the highest capability when you're engaging with other individuals, right? So if mm-hmm. you can't do something for yourself, you're not going to be able to do it for other individuals. Mm-hmm. But let me let me ask you something. If I gave you a million dollars, but tomorrow you couldn't wake up, would you take it?
1: But I couldn't wake up. Yeah. Like I was dead. Yeah. I mean, I would probably say no, and the reason is because the yes answer would be like, yeah, I'll give it to my kids, or whatever. I feel like mm-hmm. I could make so much. I could do that ten times over with my kids and spend time with them. So I'd say no.
3: Okay, so what if I gave you ten million dollars and you could wake up tomorrow? Would you take it?
1: But what's the point? Was the is the point that it could help my family?
3: No, just in general. No. Mm-hmm. Would you Would you take the money? What about a hundred million? No. So we could both agree right there and then that life is more valuable than money, right? Mm
2: -hmm. So
3: every morning that you wake up, you know, shifting your perspective to not, I have to do this. I get to do this. You get another opportunity every single day. You're breathing, right? So that shift in mindset gives you a sense of even more gratitude that's Mm going to allow you to be fully present in all your engagements throughout the day and really be able to contribute to your highest ability yeah
2: it's
1: really I, I do believe mindset. i mean roxy and i was saying gratitude is like yeah. the number one thing that actually shifts
2: your perspective mm-hmm. it's because like we were saying you know it's hard it, it, you know it's hard to not look at the things you don't have but once yeah. you look at the things you do have and you're truly grateful for them then things start changing because like we were talking about before you know i wasn't really in like I was thinking manifesting was so woo woo. And like, why do people do this? And does it really work and all this stuff? And so once I started kind of stepping back and like really just paying attention to what I actually already have and just being grateful for it, but then also putting out there what I want, it it changed things. And like you're saying, Tamon, it it did, I mean, it works. It works. Mm-hmm.
3: Well, yeah. well, let me ask you this. Have you guys ever realized that, you know, it's always the place where you least expected it to be? You know the answers are always in the least the, the place that you least expect it. For example, or the easiest
1: places. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes I think we we think like, well, what is the meaning of life and what is the what's the purpose and and wh- where am I supposed to go? And it's like, well, the meaning of life I truly believe is love, exactly. number one. Like I think that that's exactly. the whole meaning of life, and then your purpose is to do what you love and to mm-hmm. love and be loved. I mean, that is mm-hmm. my purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, And then anything else is just either gravy and great or it's distraction.
3: So real quick, you said the meaning of life is love, right? So Mm -hmm. let's take it a step back. How can you love somebody if you don't love yourself? So I actually think that it's reversed from what you said. First, it's you having the capability to love yourself and then love another individual individual, because you're not going to be able to do it for anybody else if you don't love yourself. Mm -hmm. So let me ask you this. In your opinion, what's the definition of self-love?
1: Um, acceptance.
3: Mm -hmm. Okay. So coming from understanding Mm
2: -hmm.
3: my opinion, Um, [3] the definition of self-love is self-discipline. If you truly love yourself, you're going to stay disciplined to do whatever it takes to get the life that you want. If you're not staying disciplined to do whatever it takes to get the life that you want, do you really love yourself?
1: But isn't that pressure like for women like Roxy, you should let me know how you think. Like I have to be careful with discipline because, you know, as someone who comes from an eating disorder background, I haven't had it for 10 years. I was so disciplined, right? I was so disciplined because I wanted the body I wanted. The problem is that discipline can sometimes turn into control and then control can kind of ruin your life or, or almost ruin my life. So I have to be careful with like, because sometimes if I'm not disciplined, then I feel guilty and ashamed that I didn't drink as much water as I wanted because I wanted to work out or just sleep. So that's probably why for me, it's more acceptance. What do you think rocks?
2: I mean, I think, I think, yeah, I'm more kind of along the acceptance line and then just really all showing the love that I show my family and like, you know, f- friends and things like that, and really turning it on myself and accepting, you know, the, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Right. So it's like not being self-critical and not being so hard on myself and letting like the faults be the faults, you know? I mean, and I'm not saying don't improve yourself and like, don't try for better for yourself, but to not be so hard on yourself.
1: And maybe women are different because women have so much pressure. Like Mm -hmm. for men, it's like when men are more disciplined, then they probably achieve more for women. I feel like if they're more disciplined, they almost like, Don't like themselves because they feel like if they're not, then they fail.
3: I mean, I kind of disagree a little bit. All right, and I'm a third. I love this show. I love (laughs) to agree to
1: disagree. (laughs) I mean,
3: at the end of the at the end of the day, you know, you guys were talking about control, right? Mm -hmm. So, at the end of the day, having control over yourself and knowing what's good and what's bad for you, and then focusing on what's good for you you know, it just comes down to awareness. Right. Right. And I think that that's going to allow you to stay disciplined in the areas that's more healthy for you. Mm -hmm. And when you really love yourself, you're going to stay on those healthier habits for yourself to allow you to live the life that you want.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But then you've got like external factors also playing into all these things, right? You've got people saying, you know, one person saying to you something, this, and then that, and then like looking at TV and seeing like how women are portrayed, for example, in media, you know, and how like, Mm -hmm. you know, we're expected to be beautiful and skinny and you know, all the things and it's like, and after birth, yeah. And after birth having to bounce back and like, so it's like, I think for men too, in that sense, it's very different because it's not like you guys are watching a movie and being like, God, I wish I was as skinny as like, name the actor or actress, you know? And like, so I think it's like a different, the value is placed differently. You know, when you also have
1: babies, like your, your stomach, for example, like if you want to be in the best shape of your life as a woman, that's great. You can be as disciplined as you want to. The problem is after you've had babies, I mean, I had a 12 10 pound babies. So my stomach I'll have, I'll always have skin on my stomach that there'll be nothing you can do unless you cut it off. Um, There's nothing I can do about that. So it's like, I can do the, I can get into the best shape as I can, but it might not be the perfect shape for what society considers as like, well, that is the body. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So like, I do feel like for women, it can be different when it comes to certain things.
3: But then you guys are contradicting yourselves. Because if you go back to what we were (laughs) saying, you guys are talking about acceptance, right?
1: Yeah. So like, meaning like, I don't, I I would rather accept myself than drive myself into the ground to get the perfect body.
3: Right. 100%. So that comes down to But I want the perfect body. (laughs) Ready? So acceptance is allowing to make yourself. Feel a certain way good about who you are internally and bringing that to the externally. Now, mm-hmm. when you're looking at, you know, movies and seeing what other people look like in comparison, now you're looking at comparison, you're focused on the external validation rather than the internal.
0: Mm-hmm. And right. that's
3: where that shift that self awareness needs to come into play and realize what makes you feel good you know, who knows, you know, exercising and having the body that you want might make you feel good. But is that contributed through external factors? Or is it based off of your progression, which comes down to internal,
0: you know, mm-hmm. the internal
3: validation, when mm-hmm. you're doing what you love, and you know that you're fully able to contribute to your highest frequency? That's true progression. That's where you really get internal validation rather than okay, hey, you know what, do I have this house? Do I have the shoes? Do I have the, mm-hmm. the, the, the cars The look because that's all external? but internally is how you feel about what you're doing on a daily basis.
1: And maybe it's like, you know, maybe you want the house or the dream house because you want to provide for your family and you want to have that safety, then that's probably internal. Right. But the external would be, well, I want the house so that Joe and Jane down the street go, Oh, she's super successful because she has that big house. So, you know, I, I agree. I think that you just got to figure out the why you want things mm-hmm. and, decide if it's because of what people think of you or it's because of how you actually feel you know is well, is good for you well, or the
2: intention if, you know it's okay. like why what the reason is
3: definitely i mean if you're doing it for external factors like the neighbors seeing what they what you have etc you know success with uh without fulfillment is ultimate failure you could have all this stuff but if you're not truly fulfill, fulfilled internally and you know that you're not doing it with the right intentions behind it mm-hmm. you're not going to be happy Right. Yeah. And fulfillment is the key ingredient to happiness. So doing it for yourself, and you know the the people in your internal environment, the people that are most valued, like your family, your your husband, wife, etc. That's really what's going to bring happiness to your life because you know you're you know that you're able to contribute to your highest level.
2: It's a, it's human nature, right? It's human nature to look at the external things and do comparison and do sort of things. And I think that. Like, it's great to be on an amazing journey like that. But the truth is, some people aren't, you know? And it's like, mm-hmm. if they feel like they're not doing something correctly or like at their utmost potential, then it makes them even more down and they kick themselves mm-hmm. even more. So I think mm-hmm. maybe, maybe what we say is like, as long as you're sort of like making some steps and like kind of making your way to, to get that, then mm-hmm. that's, mm-hmm. that's, you know, winning. That's it. It's like, maybe mm-hmm. it's not like the end, end goal. But it's like you're making your way on that journey. One hundred
3: percent. I mean, making your way is progression, right? So at the end of the day, look at it like this. Ready? So I always tell everybody, your potential is your worth. So utilize your full potential to go get what you're worth, right? Mm-hmm. When you're doing it for internal reasons, that you're actually trying to fulfill, being able to contribute at the highest frequency, mm-hmm. that you're progressing every single, everything that you're doing is staying disciplined on your intentional actions on a daily basis to getting mm-hmm. a close, a step closer to that, that specific you know, frequency mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. level of your life, right? And I think mm-hmm. that's where we need to start focusing more than, okay, doing it for, like you guys are saying, I believe before my, my podcast, keeping up with the Joneses or things like mm-hmm. that for that external mm-hmm. validation. What's really gonna bring fulfillment to your life? You have to do the work to understand what's gonna bring you fulfillment, what's most important to your life, and then going ahead and, you know, validating your understanding of what you have, what you want, and then validating by taking action in line with what you understand.
1: So on your podcast, uh, on your Instagram, you had said that, you know, if you want to be successful, you have to be all in. So what happens when your mom, like a female and your mom or your parent can work both ways? And, you know, I I feel like my biggest issue right now is that I'm time poor. Mm -hmm. I I have... 30 emails to get back to like right this second I have people asking for things you know I'm auditioning for a few things I start a movie next week like I'm doing a podcast my agent just called me while we're on the podcast right here it's like I feel like I'm time poor and I feel like I'm not doing the best that I can do in each category and the problem is like if you want to be successful you have to be all in But how do you do that when there's just too, like, I feel like I'm drowning, like there's Mm -hmm. too much on my plate Mm -hmm. to be at the level of success that I would like to be?
3: Well, I mean, I think it comes down to prioritizing, okay? What's most important to you? Prioritize Mm -hmm. that. What's second most important to you? Mm -hmm. Make sure that you're, you're taking action, you know, in order. What's going to get you the most sense of fulfillment, the most happiness, because you're not going to be able to really contribute in any level if you're not getting that sense of fulfillment and happiness. Mm -hmm. So it's really understanding what is my list of priorities Mm
0: -hmm. in in
3: what order, and then making sure that you're taking consistent daily actions in order to make sure that you're making the most out of your priorities. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, good point. Yeah. It's like step-by-step, but it's hard, you know, like when you're a mom and you've got Kids running and your in parties are kids, yeah. yeah, yeah. When you've got the kids running in and there's no like time, you know, it's not like we as parent working moms, you know, it's it's very hard to just say okay for the these three hours or whatever I'm going to work. Like, right, I'm <laughs> only going to work when your kid is like screaming in the background, you know, trying to get your attention, or your husband is like asking for something, you know, it's, it's very hard to kind of, I feel like I was much better at doing that before I had kids, you know, where, but then
1: maybe, maybe Roxy, it's about like, it's really about setting up Mm -hmm. success. Maybe it's about that. For example, like if it me, if something meant so much to you, Mm -hmm. then you would put Bray in a camp or, or a, a babysitter or mm. and then it comes back to financially a lot of people go well you know I can't just throw my kids and have a nanny full-time because that costs money or I can't do daycare full-time because that's cost money so so what I've started to do which has actually mm. been super successful is batching so mm. I batch I start to batch because I, I have so many different platforms and content and so I start batching content right mm. so like every Monday I'll shoot like seven tiktoks so that literally i don't even have to think about tiktok for the rest of because it's a platform that's almost at a million and Mm -hmm. you know that's a business as well so like and now i have seven tiktoks so i don't even have to worry about it for the rest of the week then i'll try to like we've been trying to do that too with our podcast like we batch it so maybe it's like for success if you can't be all in all the time Mm -hmm. maybe you just have to be all in and in on specific ways in specific times and kind of just like, you know, have the sitter for the entire day on a Monday and then just get mm-hmm. all your stuff done on a Monday, mm-hmm. you know, and then like maybe Tuesday be with the kids. So maybe it's like you can be successful. You're just going to have to figure out smarter ways to do it.
3: Who says you can't, uh, you know, be all in all the time just because yeah. you have kids does not mean that you can't involve them and make it fun for them and lead by example and show them what it really takes to be the person that they're meant to be and just make it a little game for them. Mm-hmm. Have them contribute. Have them involved and just have it in a way that they're contributing in a way that benefits you, but also that Mm -hmm. is not fully distracting you
1: okay I'm my like, kids are going to come on for the rest of the podcast I was like, okay okay, well, like, kids this is okay, my 2 year olds
3: hey by all means let's make it interesting i'll interview them yeah,
1: she <laughs> exactly. might uh, have poop on her hand but uh we shall see when she walks in the door
2: <laughs> maybe we can have them start writing our pitch emails i mean
1: could you <laughs> that'd be super funny and but, no, I, but i agree with even... you. you can make it you can you can make yeah. it like you can make it like a fun activity or maybe it's just like you know you're going to go do this and, you know, go to the Mm. the zoo. And when we get back, like, we're going to really like have, you know, do something to involve them as well. Like, absolutely agree.
3: Exactly. I mean, kids, they just want to be involved. Right. So like, Mm. for example, let's say you have emails, right. And you just need to organize the emails, not respond. Don't have them respond, (laughs) but you can say, Hey, you know what? Organize these emails for me. You see this one, this one, this one, they all go together. This one, this one, this one, they all go together, Mm. you know, put them in different folders for me. And at the end, you know what, we're going to spend 30 minutes together outside doing this, 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 right? Make it a reward yeah. for them. Make it fun. So this way you can actually hyper-focus and utilize your time while they're doing that. And guess what? Both are benefiting you because they're helping. And then two, now you're spending more time, uh, quality time with your family
2: Yeah. and you're teaching you them
3: self-discipline yeah. because mm-hmm. now they understand what it takes to get where you are in life. And now you're leading by example for your kids. Mm-hmm.
2: That's a good point because that's like uh, actually one of the things I think about as a parent is really trying to instill that and show that it is like a journey and it it's very hard work because it's easy for some of these kids. You know, I mean, I I, you know, I feel fortunate. I know Tammin feels fortunate for you know what we're able to provide for our kids, but um not everybody has that, you know, and it's it's trying to instill that um that work ethic and that appreciation and that gratitude. In them at this age, you know, I also tell my kid now, like in
1: the beginning, I used to feel so guilty. I'm mm-hmm. always like, she's like, where are you going? I'm like, I'm gonna work. She's like, well, why are you leaving me? And I say, because I love to work. Like, I love working doesn't mean I love you any less. Mm-hmm. I love it. And it provides for you. And it makes me also enjoy like I enjoy it mm-hmm. because I think in our parents' generation, it was always kind of like, well, my mom stayed at home and helped my dad. They had a business together, but my dad was the one who'd always like leave and come back mm-hmm. and leave and come back. Like go to, I mean, go to work and come back at five. Mm-hmm. So it's very traditional in that way. And I, I mm-hmm. think Roxy was kind of similar in your end. Yeah. But it's like, you know, now my kids see both parents working like, and, you know, I'm also teaching them about money and I'm teaching them about like saving. Like we go to a store and I say like Phoenix goes, well, I want this Christmas tree. And I'm like, but this Christmas tree and this Christmas tree, this one will save Mm -hmm. us more money. And then it means like, we'll be able to use that and, and, and get something that's even greater down the road. So she's learning through our example of like what we do. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, and I think, I think five years ago, I wouldn't have been telling her that I enjoy working and I enjoy making yeah. money and I enjoy Say, I wouldn't, t- I wouldn't have told her that.
2: Yeah. I think too. Cause like, I, I, I mean, I'm sure this is probably for you too, like the guilt, right? Cause you've been mm-hmm. told that you need to be like a thousand percent, a mom, a thousand percent, you know, working and you need to be able to balance and a thousand percent like a spouse. So it's like, you need to be able to balance all these things. And if you feel like there's like a shortcoming somewhere, then you feel guilty, um, so mm-hmm. I think that too, you know, like we've kind of like matured a little bit maybe in our parenting mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. really learning about ourselves. But I do think that the teaching them about money is really important because we had that financial expert mm-hmm. on here a couple of weeks back, Tonya Rapley. Um, and she was like, you know, let your kids play with money. Let them not play with money, but let them use money, use you know, money and see, yeah. and see how it is. And so Lately, like Bray's been getting, uh, my daughter's been getting, you know, money for chores and, you know, she said, yeah, it's really good. And it's like, we give her money for chores and she's been saving it because she really wanted a toy. And so my husband took her, they went to look at toys. She didn't have enough money for the toy that she wanted. So she had to get a different toy, but she learned the lesson that. Just because she wants it doesn't mean she's going to get it, you know? And it's Mm -hmm. like, she had to learn to compromise and stay within her limits, you know, which was interesting, Mm -hmm. I thought. I love that.
3: And I honestly think that's like one of the most important things that you could do as a parent is really instill financial literacy into your kids. Because, Mm -hmm. you know, if you really look at it in today's society, 76% of people live paycheck to paycheck, right? Mm -hmm. Over 84%, I think it is, can you, you know, pass a basic financial literacy test? And at the end of the day, if you don't understand money, you're not gonna understand how to manage it and delegate mm-hmm. it properly. And how spent. to make
1: it right. Mm-hmm. Exactly.
3: Mm-hmm. And and to me, I have my own views on money. I don't save. Uh my wife is a little bit different. She's a saver, I'm the spender, right? I don't believe in saving money. I think as soon as you get it, invest it. Right. Because at the end of the day, if it's sitting in the bank. Yeah, yeah if it's sitting well in that's kind bank, of it,
1: saving but i get it. it's like yeah. a different sort of saving i was like you're I'm like i just spend all my money you No, know? <laughs> but investing is great
3: <laughs> i mean i'm creating more more um cash flow opportunities right i mean you have to have various uh sources of income in order to really build a life for a family and really be able to provide for them mm-hmm. i think that sitting in the bank what, what is it doing there nothing mm-hmm. So if you could put leverage that, that money and put it somewhere else and teach your kids to do that too, they're going to have a huge uh, advantage down the line. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree.
2: Yeah. That's a good point. So for like our kids, especially coming up since we're all parents here, I mean, what do you think are some of the most valuable lessons, not only just with money, just with like personal growth and their mindset and like really getting them to a place or they want to, you know, constantly, you know, improve and, and do better and go on these types of journeys. What do you think is the best thing we can tell them? Mm-hmm.
3: Well, well, first thing, mm-hmm. let's make something clear. I've only been parent a parent for a week.
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, <laughs> so, <right? laughs> yeah. I
3: don't I don't have too much experience. All right. Yeah, so you I will be soon. Will.
1: You know, when I saw my like a child come out of my body, I was like, it changed everything. You know, yeah. you've had that shift now. You're whole perspective on life just changes Mm. um I'm not saying it can't in different ways but like when you see like a human come out of a human you're like what (laughs) I know we just talk about it like it's so random (laughs) we're like yeah just humans get born out of here I'm like I get the whole point but it's like an actual like I remember looking into her eyeballs I remember it so well and just being like I made eyeballs like I made eyeballs like Mm. she can see the world because I made those eyeballs. And I just well, I just kept saying right. to myself, you and your like, husband yeah. made it. Yeah, I sure, sure. But I kind of really made it. <laughs> <laughs> <We didn't laughs> he was there for two work. seconds of the fun. <laughs> no, no. Um, no, but I was like, I like it, was like growing in my body, like, wow, you know, like I ever since I remember that moment, my whole life, my whole my whole idea of life and and just completely shifted.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Well, to get back to your point you know, I think that the most valuable things that we could teach our kids is confidence, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that, that comes down from leading by example, because at the end of the day, you know, self-esteem is built the first seven years of life, right? And mm-hmm. what we don't even realize is that we're passing on our self-esteem to our kids because who are our kids uh, most uh, surrounded by, you know, the most, you know, during the first seven years of life, their parents, mm-hmm. right? So their fears are being instilled in, our, uh, in, in your kid, like your fears are being instilled in your kids. Whether you like it, you like it or not, and you or you know it or not, too, you're instilling those those thoughts, those perceptions, those beliefs in your kids because they're surrounded by it nonstop, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that really opening up their eyes to real confidence, and you do that through leading by example to show them what it really takes to build the life that they want. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's like the biggest thing: not telling them, showing them.
1: All right, that's so true. Yeah because you can tell them like, you know, like (laughs) I say to my husband, you know, when we're in a a disagreement, sometimes Mm -hmm. it's like, you know, if I'm aggressive towards him and then I tell my kids not to be aggressive, it's like, they're just going to say, but you are, you know, like you, you don't, you don't figure out conflict through solutions. You just kind of get aggressive, which I'm obviously try to lead with solutions, but like they watch us, you know, Mm -hmm. and And yeah, I think that you look at your kids and you go like, oh, they're all the greatest parts of me. And they're also the negative parts of me, too. You know what I mean? Like the things that I struggle with are the emotions that I kind of deal with are also the emotions that my kids deal with because they're mirroring you, especially around seven and eight. They say seven and eight is like the most prescient time. Mm -hmm. So it's like what you say is really important. And it's hard though, because like Roxy and I, like when you get really tired Mm -hmm. and you get kind of like, you know, just overwhelmed with life, you can get snappy. And it's just like, oh my goodness. Like, I hope that they don't, I hope that they can be forgiving when you're kind of overwhelmed and stressed as well.
2: Yeah. It's like, you don't want them to take that one negative episode. Yeah. And then it changes everything. It changes everything. And then they forget about all the other 99% of the time where it's like the times you said they were
1: great.
2: Exactly, They're just going to remember like that one time they're like, Oh Yeah,
1: yeah. It's scary.
2: It's really daunting actually to think about that because it's like, you've got so much responsibility that it's just mm-hmm. you know it, it's it's kind of scary actually.
3: It only yeah. takes that one time to screw up a kid.
2: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that one memorable sure, time. It sure has happened <laughs> at this
1: point. You know what I do now? As I said, mm-hmm. like because yesterday I was I was really snappy with Phoenix because mm-hmm. we had seven hours of content to shoot in like three hours, and I I said to her yesterday I was like I was kind of snappy. I wasn't mm-hmm. I wasn't the greatest mom today. Mm-hmm. And she was like, it's okay. And I said, no, it's not okay. Like I was, I didn't say anything rude. I didn't, wasn't a, like say anything horrible to you, but I was snappy and I was like, come over here. Why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you doing that? And I said, and I, I'm going to work on that. And I'm really sorry. And she goes, it's okay. Um, you know. I'll help you out or whatever it was. Mm -hmm. I don't remember in our generation, in our parents' generation, them ever apologizing to us. (laughs) I just remember like getting, you know, it's either a smack on the butt or like told you go to your room or told Mm -hmm. like that you're doing something wrong. But I never heard them go, you know what? I'm really sorry. Like, I fucked up. Like I was stressed. Um, You know, your dad was annoying me and I took it out on you. It's like, we didn't get any of that. We just got like told that we were bad. And I don't really believe in bad children. I believe in overwhelmed or exhausted Mm -hmm. or anxious or too much sugar or don't understand or just kids. Like, I don't believe that they're bad. Um, I think there's a lot of other things that go on. But, you know, it's like we don't, we didn't get, you know, I, I, I know for me it wasn't like, you know, dad and
2: mom are very sorry. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> well, we were taught to like fear our parents, right. That they were like this authoritative, not like they were mean or cruel or anything like that, but like they were like the authorities, right. They mm-hmm. were like the authoritarian, not authoritarians, but they were like the ones sort of that, yes. you know, mm-hmm. we're at the top of the food chain and we, as kids, you know, we're just supposed to like do what they say, not necessarily mm-hmm. as they do. Right. It was kind fear. Of what...
1: Isn't respect. That's what yeah. we've learned through many right. people. That yeah. we've had on the show like many experts is fear is fear mm-hmm. fear is conform fear yeah. isn't respect you can my children i know respect me mm-hmm. i do not think they fear me
2: right right oh i don't think my daughter fears me
1: like <laughs> <laughs> she does not fear me. she, she will wanna... come to me and i want my daughter like if she's yeah. taken drugs as a 15 year old knock on one that doesn't happen but if she does mm-hmm. she has a bad experience that she i'm the first person she calls not that oh my god my mom and dad are going to be so angry at me that i'm going to not tell them so then what happens the behavior continues and they don't tell you Mm -hmm. so you can't protect them right right well
3: you know what i think it comes down to i think you know growing up you can't be so controlling you got to let them have their freedom to explore and learn because at the end of the day growing up you know our our survival mechanism is to learn right Mm -hmm. through experience And when we try to control their experiences, it's going to cause them to rebel and not feel Mm. comfortable to come to you and say, hey, this is what's going on and really seek that advice. They're not going to feel that nurture, right? They're not going to feel like a safe, they have that safety with you. So they're always going to rebel and then try to go other routes to avoid talking about that one specific event or whatever goes on. And have you ever noticed that the kids that don't really have the controlling parents are really the ones that you know, are more well-behaved.
1: Yeah. And they talk to their parents mm-hmm. and they like go, oh, you know, mom, I'm really struggling. Yeah, definitely. I think, I think that the stricter the parents, there's just more, I think there's more lies. Like mm-hmm. I, I, I think that you keep it from your parents cause you're mm-hmm. just too scared. Like my, my husband was like, it wasn't like scary, but like, you know, his mom was very strict. Mm-hmm. And so he just didn't tell her things. you know
3: and it's like that
1: that breaks my heart
3: yeah i I think it also comes down to you know them feeling judged right Mm -hmm. nobody likes to feel judged and you know we don't want to disappoint our parents especially so we try to go every single route where we're not being judged in a certain perspective from our parents Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. so i think that we're always trying to appease and if that means going the opposite route but Mm -hmm. we're not actually going to them with the problems you know, making it seem like we're perfect, but then getting caught in the long run. You know, I think that's, that's what's happening there. That, that judgmental factor from controlling parents. Yeah. And we have
2: to make them feel safe too. It's like a safe place that they can talk and, you know, be open with communication and, and, you know, feel like they're being heard. Mm-hmm.
1: So Mike, tell us, cause I just want to get a few tips from you before you leave. Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes to business and being an entrepreneur, what do you think are the main things that people do wrong?
3: They can't effectively communicate. Mm. I think that's the biggest problem. At the end of the day, no matter what position you are within a company, entrepreneur, not entrepreneur, everything comes down to sales, right? Mm. Whether you like it or not, because for example, you guys are interviewing me, you guys are either selling me on ideas or I'm selling you on ideas. So mm. we're either being sold, uh, we're either selling or we're uh, being sold, right? Mm-hmm. So even a job interview, you go in there, you're trying to sell them on you. Mm. So I think that not looking at it as sales, but being able to effectively communicate your ideas and really persuade or influence somebody to shift their perspective. You know, Mm -hmm. I think that's huge in business in general because we don't understand what we're saying. Mm
2: -hmm. And as we
3: were talking about on my podcast, it really comes down to what I call, you know, clearing the understanding of a word, right? Because we don't really understand what we're saying. We're using words that are so commonly used and we think we know what it means. And then we say a statement, thinking we know what it, what, what the, the whole you know sentence is going to mean to somebody. Mm-hmm. But what I know the meaning of the word is someone else might look at it in a different perspective. So mm-hmm. when I tell mm-hmm. to them, it can be a completely different under, um, you know, understanding within that statement. So now mm-hmm. we're not effectively communicating. We're not truly understanding each other.
2: Mm-hmm. And it comes mm-hmm. down
3: to actively listening to understand and then validate by responding accordingly. Everything comes mm-hmm. down to love. Because if I'm saying something and you guys have something to say, you're grabbing onto bits and pieces and formulating your response while not fully being present to truly actively listen to understand and connect. Mm. And then you're not responding accordingly. And now I feel in, invalidated, mm-hmm. right? So I think that's the biggest part, whether business or, or life in general, becoming a better communicator by truly understanding what you're saying. Mm. Mm.
2: That's a great point. You really have to be like a keyed in listener, you know? and take in what people are saying. And
1: what do you think about like growth? Cause mm. I, the word growth mindset has been said on our podcast, like in the last sort of month. And so I'm constantly saying to like my husband, like I'm practicing growth mindset. <laughs> um, and I mainly understand what it is, oh. but for people who don't understand what a growth mindset is, can you explain it? And can you, can you explain like why it's so important in business? Mm.
3: Well, well, first things first in business, if you have a team, I think that you should, you know, be investing into your team. Teach them about money, teach them about personal growth and development, because as everybody else is bettering themselves, guess what? The whole company's bettering as a whole. Yeah, that's true. You're only as strong mm. as your weakest candidate, right? Mm. So at the end of the day, the top of the company should constantly be investing into their, their team to better themselves, whether it's in direct in correlation with that department that they're in or, you know, whatever it is. Just to get them to, you know, sharpen their skills, their abilities, etc. And you know that brings a sense of security to the team as well. Hey, you know what? Our leader cares about us. They're investing into us. You know, this is a somewhere where I truly see myself for the long term. Mm. Um, but when it comes down to the growth mindset, I think that it really just understand. It. It's coming down to understanding yourself, understanding the reason why you are doing what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Most people don't understand the reason why what they're doing, or why they're doing what they're doing. That why. I tell everybody this your why needs to have a pain point attached to it what Mm -hmm. do I mean by this if your why does not have a pain point attached to it what you're doing is you're pushing to achieve that goal right that shit's going to die right out because you're pushing what if you have Mm -hmm. a pain point attached to your why what happens is it creates a pull to achieve it keeps you intentional with your actions because it's basically basically like the yin and yang that pain point is I know where I've been and the reason why I wanna achieve this is because I know where, I, I, I know where I've been in that, that, that point in my life. And I wanna get as far away as possible from that pain point. So it keeps me intentionally striving towards actually achieving this goal so I'm never in that situation again.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So well, I think it
3: see. really comes down to the understanding of the reasons why you're doing what you're doing.
2: And how do people find their purpose?
3: Mm. I mean, this comes down to my, my morning ritual disengage, ask yourself a couple of questions. What is my why? Well, first of all, before that, what do I want to achieve personally, professionally, financially, mm. right? Write them down. Each goal needs to have an affiliation with your why to mm. some sort of pain point. Mm. So this way, it actually brings substance to actually trying to achieve a goal, right? Mm. Then write down three targets per goal. What can I do today that's going to get me a step closer to achieving my goal? This is really going to help you. I'm not even joking. I do this every morning, every night. Every morning, I write down my why, reinforce mm-hmm. the pain point. I write down my goals. My goals are in line with my, my why, mm-hmm. right? And then for each goal that I have, three targets. Now I'm using that as a checklist. Now I'm getting all these, these small wins throughout the day. Mm-hmm. I'm progressing, right? Mm-hmm. Because all those little wins is giving me a sense of progression, which is giving me a sense of fulfillment. Fulfillment is a key ingredient to happiness. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, I write down my why again. We've got to reinforce that pain point. My goals, again, repetition, repetition makes permanence, constantly writing it down. Then I write down new goal, uh, new targets per goal, and then accomplished targets. Now I'm literally basically going ahead and putting all my my, uh, progression down on paper that I can go back a month later and really see how many of the little things I've actually done, right? Success and failure are not one big event. It's a buildup of all the small things that you either did or didn't do that got you there.
2: So those small
3: things are really what matter. Don't focus on the bigger picture. Start small and build up.
2: It becomes less overwhelming then too. I think when you start with like those little points versus like if you try to take it in the whole big picture, that gets overwhelming.
1: And also like when people find their purpose, I think we, when you have children, like you kind of lose it a little bit. You kind of get, you know, your purpose is your kids for quite a while, especially when they're just, your, your purpose is always your kids. When they're young, they're just so demanding. But it's about like, what did you used to love? You know, Mm -hmm. remember I said, we were talking about like the, uh, when we're doing the unzipped podcast, like Mm -hmm. I'm ready to fall in love with acting again. Like I want to fall in love with it because I stopped loving it and it just became a job. And even my social media, which is, you know, a whole to some people, it's just for for us, we create content. Like I, instead of it just being something like, Oh, I have to create content. Mm -hmm. I want to be like, I get to create content. I get to make people laugh. I get Mm -hmm. to make people feel connected. I get to financially support my family. Like it's just like a shift in perspective of like falling in love again with the things that you used to love. Mm -hmm. Um, and so like, if people don't know what their purpose is, it's like, well, what did you love and it doesn't even have to be because i think sometimes we feel like our purpose has to make us money and m- more times it actually does make us money because mm-hmm. when you're doing something you love it starts to come back mm-hmm. but sometimes it doesn't really have to even be that like you know one of my biggest purposes which i've haven't done for a long time is to help people mm-hmm. and i feel like i'm doing it in certain ways on my instagram but it's really like you know i've been volunteering a lot more and like mm-hmm giving money to like, you know, people that just randomly just need it. Like those acts Mm -hmm. of kindness. And I was like, Oh my gosh, like that used to be so me. And it used to give me so much, Mm -hmm. like just helping people. Mm -hmm. And I think these days, like, we're so like into like what, what it does for us and Mm -hmm. how it can help us. Cause when you're a parent, you're just like, well, how am I going to feed my family? And like, we, 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 we operate out of like scarcity and Mm -hmm. we're constantly afraid that there'll be nothing else there'll be no more money there'll be no more jobs but i think when we give back a lot more like you know for me i feel like i'm i'm starting to find some purpose in that too Mm -hmm. and then it also helps my other purpose if that makes sense right
3: can i jump in for a second real quick please so you said something right there that your purpose is your kids right i think that's the wrong route to go your I do too.
1: I do. I, I agree with you. Like, I, I just maybe that wasn't the right word. Like, I feel like your kids demand your attention, especially the first couple of years of their lives. That it takes away maybe your deeper
3: purpose. I think that's your, your perspective, though. Does it really have to take away? Maybe right. it's going to put more of a time frame on on whatever you're right. doing. But right. I, I don't think it's taking away. When you're looking at that, you're looking at a, a place from scarcity.
1: Right, right,
3: right. right. But you got to start thinking in abundance. But the reason why I'm saying don't don't make your kids your purpose. You got to make yourself your purpose. What are Mm. you doing for you? Because at the end of the day, when it comes down to doing it for the kids, that means, all right, look, don't chase the money. Chase being a person of value. So that means utilizing your full potential and going and getting what you're worth. So you can lead by example for the kids rather than making a priority to make a safe haven for them. Show them what it takes to create their own life. That's the best right. way that you're actually going to be able to raise kids the proper way and really show them, hey, this is you, own mm-hmm. it, go get it, bring mm-hmm. your true self out to the world.
2: Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Because when
1: your purpose are your kids, and then they leave for college, then mm-hmm. what? Do
2: you but know what I mean? Lost. Like,
1: yeah, yeah you're lost. Tough. So many people yeah. get lost because they mm-hmm. put their whole lives into their children, which is of course you, you, amazing. But what happens is like. Then what, you know, even I think that about, I've been with my husband 15 years and it's like, you know, I knock on wood, nothing happens or whatever. But like, I also need to stand on my own two feet without us. Cause we're, I feel like we have some codependency and I feel like it's really important to also be two standing people that just adds value to each other's lives rather than like, you know, it's so intertwined. Mm-hmm. Um, because what happens when you get older, you know, things change. Yeah. So- well, I don't-
3: I don't believe in codependency. I think I I, I believe in more interdependency, Mm. right? So more, okay, when we're together, okay, how are we both contributing to each other's lives? But hey, when we're apart, hey, you know what? Do your thing. I'm supporting you. I'm yeah, I am I love, it.
1: I would way prefer that. But I think when you have codependency or you see codependency in your life, mm-hmm. then it's very easy to fall into that trap because you think that that's, that's normal, mm-hmm. but it isn't. It's sometimes you think it's love and it is love, but there's parts of it that I think can be unhealthy
3: you know, as I was saying, I mean, you ever hear, hear the saying that when you love them, set them free, mm-hmm. same thing with kids, if you love them, set them free to go gain their own experiences and live life their, their, themselves, to truly find themselves, mm-hmm. you know, it, don't, don't be so dependent on you, because at the end of the day, when you re- really go ahead and let them have their freedom, you're teaching them to walk by themselves,
2: mm-hmm.
3: because you're not going to be there for the rest of their lives, are you?
2: Well, we hope,
3: well,
2: <laughs> no, we don't hope actually. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I mean, we you're hope but you, we don't know.
3: You hope. you you're saying you don't want that that time with your husband later on when they're eighteen and up?
2: <laughs> yeah, I might I might be um, excited about that when that rolls around.
1: <laughs> I don't know. So. It's gonna be interesting.
2: It's why you gotta you gotta
1: appreciate what you have now because I'm sure when uh, the pitter patter of little feet aren't there, you miss that. Yeah, hundred
3: mm-hmm. percent.
1: You know, old chapters. I got right eight-
3: I got 18 years ahead of me so <laughs>
2: <laughs> Okay. Uh, yay. Well, thank you so much, right Rox? Yes, that was great. That was great. A lot of a lot of good uh, jewels you left t- left us with to take in and I'm sure our audience is is uh, you know going to be stoked to hear this. So, thank you. Thank- so, where
1: can people find you? Where can people see you? I know you tour um, podcasts, all the things. Please let us know.
2: Honestly, the
3: best place to uh, to reach me is at is on Instagram at Mike Ashabi M-I-K-E-A-S-H-A-B-I. And just for your guys' podcast, if you guys go ahead and DM me with the name of the podcast, I'll give the first five people a free copy of my book.
2: Oh, that's a great deal. That's exciting. I love it.
1: We'll take anything free.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you guys gotta send me your addresses. I'll send you guys a copy too
1: mine's oh. kind of far it's in australia but you know, i know good. books Make i know books happen. still come here <laughs> yeah. in the outback <laughs>
3: <laughs> so although guys, i ordered I-
2: batteries and it took like two weeks so i'm
1: like well <laughs> thank you so much guys so and please follow us on women on top official on instagram
2: and women on top podcast on facebook and our women on top group on clubhouse and please don't forget to rate subscribe and comment wherever you get your podcasts
1: Yes, they're everywhere. And thanks, guys. We love you so much. I am Taman Sarsock. And I am Roxy Manning. And we are. Take it away, Mike. Women.
3: On top. Are... <laughs> Here we go. Top. Top. Uh. Ah. <laughs>